Hey, it's Bobby Bones. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when this thought hits you. Okay, I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever. Or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, the whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines, plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the silver unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p. We're back with another Sunday sampler. Hopefully, you like some of this stuff. All podcasts on the Nashville Podcast Network on Get Real. Caroline talked with Nicole Gallion, great songwriter, great artist. On the Bobby Cast, I sat down with Heath Wright, the lead singer of the 90s country band Ricochet. You'd know their song. She got her daddy's money, her mama's good looks. It was an awesome interview. He talks about country music now versus how it was back then. My, my wife, Caitlin, jumped in for a little bit. So let's do it. We got a lot of shows. It's Sunday anyway. Nobody's putting out new stuff. So here we go. Hopefully you like this and go check out a podcast. Here's this week's Bobbycast. We saw you here at the Opry. Yes. yes. When you guys played the Opry. And we saw you in Oklahoma. You, you and Greg played at Caitlin's grandfather's funeral. Yes. So I didn't know quite where you lived. I yeah. know you're. you're I, I mean, it would be nice to live back home, though, wouldn't it? I, mean, I love it. The best? I moved, like I said, I moved back home in 2008, and I had moved so many times in my career and my life. I, uh, I just told the guys that helped me get all my stuff back. I said, guys, the next time y'all help me move, you're going to be moving me from here to the funeral home because I'm dying here. I'm never, never leaving again. But I come back to Nashville every two or three months to do stuff like this. So when you guys are putting out the the hits and more. Is the name of the record. It is then and now. Ricochet then and now. The hits and more. I don't know why we decided to, to name it twice, but you know, it's a 16 song project. But there's new stuff on it. There is new stuff. Yeah. It's a yeah. whole album's worth of new stuff. Ten new songs that we'd kind of even back when Greg was in the band, we were uh, we would go in after we left Columbia Records back in 2000. We would go into the studio with a producer and cut three or four sides, and then two or three years later, we'd do the same thing when we could afford it. We were self produced and self funded back then. So as we could afford it, we would go back into the studio and cut another two or three sides. And we had 10 songs ready to release and no record label to help us get it out there and dis- distribute it and, you know, nationwide. So it just sort of set in the can for several years. And so this, this stuff is some recordings that we did ourselves. Now, when I say that, I'll, your viewers probably already know this, but Nashville has a certain way of doing things. Back in the 90s, we weren't even allowed to play on our own records. So, Meaning you had to hire we had to hire studio, studio cast. Yeah. I, I got to play some on the first album and a little bit on the third album. I was the only one in the band that ever played on any of our our original stuff. 
And that's because the label was like, if we're going to pay for it, yeah. we need to hire these specific people to yeah. play on it so that it sounds perfect. Exactly. And, and you know, like I said, they have a certain way of doing it. Producers like to get it done with over and it's, – it's a process. And they wanted to streamline the process as quickly as possible so that they can have more of the production money to put in their own pockets. It's just the way it works. It's just efficiency, you know. And it takes us – it might take us a little bit longer, but that's all right. It's, it's us playing. So when we went in to do these, every note on the record, on the on the all two, all ten note new sides as well as the six old songs that we re-recorded, it's us playing, us singing. Some bands don't even get to sing on their own records. Wait, what? Yeah, it happens. Some bands I only know the, one. The lead, singer, the lead singer, one. the lead singer will sing, but they'll Got bring in it. harmony guys to do all the, the harmony vocals. Why yeah. didn't I do that on our comedy record? I, yeah, <laughs> that'd have been so much easier if I just got somebody to sing for my part. Uh, when you put out the new songs, when you record them. I mean, are these songs that you've had for a little bit, you're like, man, I cannot wait to cut these. We feel so good about it. Or did you kind of write them because you were going to do something new? Well, a little bit of both. Like I said, we weren't chasing radio at the time, so we weren't looking for the next hit. We were just recording songs that we love. So there's going to be some songs on here that your viewers and your listeners wouldn't expect from Ricochet. There's a song, one of my favorites is a tune that Mark Broussard wrote, a tune called The Beauty of Who You Are. And I just, one of the guys brought the song to the bus one day and played it, and I thought, Mike. God, what an amazing vocalist. What a great song. I just love the lyric. It's a real sexy lyric. Uh, it starts off with a, there's a soft, sweet space on the back of your neck smells like rain. There's a way you, there's a, there's a way you, you turn me on, baby. You turn me on. Oh, I'm telling yeah, you, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's a sexy lyric. And I love, and the way he sings, it just sings the hell out of it. And I just wanted to try it, you know, see if I could sing it. And, uh, I can't. I can't sing it as good as he did, but I, I, tried, I tried. I did the best I could. So we we got a pretty decent little recording on it, added some big harmonies to it, the way, the way we do things. And uh, it's really cool guitar stuff that uh, managed. they managed to turn on, hit the red button just at the perfect moment when I was playing good that day. So I don't know. That's, that's one of the tunes on there that's a little different. But we did write some stuff as well. Uh, it's one of my favorite tunes on there is a song that our buddy Greg wrote called No Wrong Way to Fall in Love. And uh, it's a it's a story song. That's that's what I think is is the quintessential factor in 90s country, is they're great stories. They tell stories. They take you on a journey. I'm not going to badmouth today's country music, but I have a friend, a songwriter buddy of mine, that said today's country music sounds like three beer commercials strung together because they just don't tell stories anymore. It's like, you're hot, I'm hot, get in the truck. And so, I don't know. Do you think it's more melody-based? Yeah. Melodies too. And I love songs that start kind of low in my register, like on the verses, and then gives me a chance to really sing out on the top part of my range. National anthem. Well, yeah. Oh, so you got to start low. If you start yeah. any higher than that, <laughs> yeah, by the exactly. time you get to the end, you're cooked. I'm telling you. And, and a lot of people worry about the high note. I worry about the low note. I worry I'm going to be able to, to hit that low note with yeah, a yeah. lot of good depth and stuff, you know. But yeah, National Anthem's one of them. And we didn't put that one on the new. We have. You should have though. That was the track you should have done. National Anthem should have made up a new verse. It's going to be on the. It's going to be on the new on the new uh, <laughs> uh, album. Yeah, I promise. Life ain't always pretty, but hey, it's pretty beautiful, thing. Laugh a little more, thing. Tight, tighten up your core, thing. Said EK, you're kicking it with four things. With Amy Brown. Hey, it's Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. And here's what we talked about this week on my podcast. So when I was on American Idol, you couldn't like be on Facebook 
And so I, you know, me and my Because what year was this? This was like uh, Steven Tyler's first year and J-Lo's first year. So maybe like 2010. Okay. So what was you giving reference to Facebook? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was... <laughs> It was like a long time ago. So Facebook was not as sophisticated as it, it. I mean, I don't even think Instagram was a thing. And so the rules were very different because of production. Like it films way later and they didn't want you to post things and that kind of stuff. But I was not going to delete my Facebook or not post about it. So I changed my name so the producers wouldn't find me. So I changed my name to Vivian because Vivian, my name is Vivian. You were... A uh, pretty woman? I changed my name to Vivian on Facebook because, I mean, not on... You were in Hollywood. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, so all my friends at home knew they could follow along my American Idol journey because I told them my name was Vivian McAllister is what I named my name. So th they didn't know, I guess they didn't have a way to really, they weren't I'm telling you, monitoring face, it and Facebook searching it. Facebook was not like as sophisticated. It wasn't, there was... So you could post what was happening and give updates and it's like you were going to get busted. No, I mean, I, I wasn't telling that many details but at that time Facebook was still a lot of college kids oh yeah like, and it's crazy yeah. to think back in the day when Facebook first started you had to have a college email mm -hmm. to sign up mine still is an edu email address mine might be too tamu.edu texting them which cat therapy cat her fiance went to ut Knoxville. See, I'm from Texas, so I automatically, my brain goes UT Austin, uh -huh. University of Texas. And UT Knoxville was playing Texas A&M this last weekend, and Kat is texting me all these questions about the bizarre things she's witnessing. Oh, like I saw she went. Our yell leaders. And she's like, I just don't understand. I don't get this. And you had to dunk your ring in a beer and chug it back. And I'm like, yeah. She's like, what does the A&M stand for? And I'm like, agriculture and mechanical. Yeah. <laughs> and I was just trying to answer her questions. And the more I think about it, I'm like, hmm, it is a very interesting school. But I, I was used to it, so nothing seems weird to me, but I could see how. Because what is Aggie? You mean our symbol? We do thumbs up. Yeah. Woo. But I mean, is that what y'all say? Like, go Aggies? Yeah, 12, uh, 12th man. It's complex. It's complicated. But our mascot is a border collie. Uh, see, I don't even know that. It's a dog. Where did you go to school? Ole Miss. And John went to Mississippi State. And I don't think Texas A&M plays Ole Miss that much, but they do play Mississippi State. Well, I don't know. We used to be in like the Big Ten and now we're in the yeah. SEC. See, John's a big Mississippi State fan, or he was when we lived there. Now we've kind of like gotten into Titans and Preds. But like when they would play Mississippi State, it was very confusing because y'all are like maroon also. Mm -hmm. And so is Mississippi State. And so like when y'all would come to Mississippi State, y'all would wear like your blackout or we would. We would like I take not, turns. I have no memory of this. Like I, yeah. <laughs> I was a what we called a two percenter at Texas A and M, which means I that, yeah, gave I about it. two percent of effort into all the crazy traditions. I respected them. I think they are cool. Maybe a little outdated at this point, but like there's certain parts on campus where you can't walk on the grass, or like a core member could call you out because it's a core. It's a military school, so there's. It's a military Cor school? Well, some. So if you're in the Corps, yeah, you're commissioned if you want to go on to the military. And you, yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, they have different units that you're in. And one of my roommates dated a guy, I think he was like E3. The yell leaders are part of the Corps. I mean, yeah, they march around campus. They're in their uniforms. It's very, they get up and do all the military type things. They have, you know, salutes, taps. We would do taps on campus. 
or anybody that had passed away. How did I not know this? I mean, I wouldn't know about a lot of schools in other states and what they do. I literally thought that Texas A&M was like like an agriculture school. But I mean, I I thought they were like known for farming. My my uncle was a vet and went to Texas A&M. So a lot of veterinarians go there and a lot of, especially if you're a large animal. Which he was. Well, that's a lot like Mississippi State. Mississippi State's like, like if you have an animal that's sick, like you're taking it. Like it's like if you're really caring about your animal living, you take it to the vets at Mississippi State. Mm-hmm. That's how it is at yeah Texas A&M. I always thought I wanted to maybe be a vet, but then I realized, oh, I don't want to stick do your hand in a cow's oh, butt. And my uncle did that <laughs> a lot. He would. No, thank you. Mm-hmm, he'd put the little glove Amy, thing on thing and he'd swallow you. <laughs> he'd stick it right in there and. <laughs> Do what he needed to do. He was also the mayor of Dilly for years and years and years. So he was the the town vet. I think he would work on humans if he needed to, Amy, like his friends. This is too much. So large animal vet, small animal vet, human vet, uh-uh. and town mayor. Okay. And there a was a well-rounded um, man. There's a Moffat Street in Dilly named after my the Moffat Mafia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love it. That's hilarious. It's not a very, very big place. I did when I went back there for my dad's funeral in 2021. We were over by the watermelon statue taking a picture because it's the watermelon <laughs> capital of the world. This is better and better. <laughs> and a listener came by in the truck and they pulled over and they're like, what up? And they got out and we took pictures and I met them and it was so crazy. This is like Shit's Creek. Did you watch that show? Yes, I love that where the, show. I did too. But like where so the mayor funny. is like got 20 different jobs. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was my uncle. That's uncle, hilarious. Uncle Frank. And then my uncle Ted, he managed George Strait's ranch down the road from Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, a little family history there. Giggum. Aggies. Whoop. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson, how did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted Audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and TJ Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. All right. If you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots and Tacova's boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas. Anytime I wear them or I get a new pair, they feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand 
in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Let's do it live. We are the one, two, three, sore losers. What up, everybody? I am Lunchbox. I know the most about sports. So I'll give you the sports facts, my sports opinions, because I'm pretty much a sports genius. What up, y'all? It is Sizen. I'm from the north. I'm an alpha male. I live on the west side of Nashville with Bazer, my wife. We do have a white picket fence at the apartment complex. Soon I'm going to have 2.5 kids. And yes, sadly, I will die of a heart attack when I'm 72 years old. Here's a clip from the last podcast. Hey, I wanted to say they were asking us, you guys use these lights in here for Sore Losers podcast? And I go, no, 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 that's for Clay and Buck. The one day that they're here a year. There's 30 lights in here. There are 30 lights. There's the ring light. There's a square light. So if people onlookers actually think this is a legit podcast, it's really just us here. Two broken mics, two that work, one screen that's junk, and those lights we don't even use. Yeah, we could use those lights to film it, but then we'd have to edit it and all that. But now you're cooking. Yes, we're cooking, but who's got time to edit? We hire somebody. Oh, my God. With what money? (laughs) You sound like a marriage. (laughs) Like, I mean, like, seriously. We should go on vacation. With what money? In this economy? (laughs) (laughs) We sound like an old married couple. Like, you want to hire someone, what, all of a sudden we're rich, rich? (laughs) I mean, it's like, you know, the the wife that wants to remodel. With what money? (laughs) Like, I think we should knock out this wall, add a bathroom over here, add a, you know, a, a closet here, put a pantry in. Like, what, in, in this economy? And that's what we sound like right now. Little Jimmy wants to join the travel team. With what money? Is little Jimmy going to pay for it? Is little Jimmy getting a job? You want me to work overtime? Coach, I like your day Day ones. Day ones, honey, dude. dude. It's, it's tight. Whoever sent that to a us. A listener did. Yeah, and he said he you. wants no credit. He wanted no shout out. <laughs> so we, I don't even remember his name, but day ones, I'm wearing it right now. But can I tell you what, the, the other night, <sighs> no, none of that. There wasn't any of that. I had an idea, sweetie. You no. ever got any friends in the neighborhood? No. I mean, she has friends in the neighborhood, but none of them are hot. <laughs> what are they doing tonight? Uh, so my soccer team, and we've fallen on hard times, Ray. It has become very frustrating. Three weeks ago, we lost 7 nothing. Last week, we lost 6 nothing. You act like you lost out of death in the family. And this week, we lost 6 to nothing. It is, like, I'm a very competitive person. 
And I don't mind losing a game, but when you're just getting your face rubbed in the dirt every week, pitch, pitch. it is very frustrating and it's humiliating. <laughs> Get that fucking loser. <laughs> that, is, that dude is a loser. That dude is an absolute loser. Sorry. They're interviewing Jaguar guy over in London. That's a pretty much a loser. Please if continue. You, anyway. Thank you. And I just leave the game so frustrated because we're we, we shouldn't be that bad, but we're that bad. And it's how you end your day too, because they're late at night, and that's how you're going to bed. It's carrying over into the next day. Exactly. My game was at eight fifteen, so the game ends at nine fifteen, and I am pissed. Like I am just like God. We how are we so bad? Well, now we got a crime timeline. We haven't scored a goal in three weeks. That is so bad. Like that's that's just not acceptable. Yeah, that that definitely gets at you, especially since you guys isn't a fast track, smaller yeah. rink, smaller field, faster grass. You should be able to score. Let me jump cut these bitches. But we can't seem to figure it out. So whatever. I I'm sad. I am pissed. And I go home. The wife's sitting on the couch, and she's like, "How'd it go?" I was like, "I got crushed." And I was like, I know it's stupid to be mad. It's just co-ed soccer. I understand. It's stupid to be mad. Mary didn't pass well. And no, there's there's one person on our team that you can't even pass. Uh, they, they they are like a cone out on the field. I don't understand the inanimate object. Yeah, they're they're useless. Oh. Like, but it's also a sport. You're supposed to be running and in good shape. And kicking the ball and being... But there's one person that we might as well have a cone out there. You fielded him. Uh, you're right. So I just go home and I'm venting to my wife and I'm like, I know it's stupid. I, I know it's so stupid to be mad. I know it's it, it's it's just crazy. It's crazy to be this upset and Daddy, frustrated. Daddy. No, kid's already in bed. And she's like, I'm sorry. And I was like, I know it's stupid. I know. I'll shut up. Like, And I was like, do you want to watch Big Brother or do you want to watch Survivor? Or do you want to play... Uh Hide and seek with something else. And she said, oh, let's watch Survivor because I think you like Survivor more. And I said, you're right. I do like Survivor more. In a world where everyone and their mother has a podcast, one man stands to infiltrate the ears of listeners like never before in a movie podcast. A man with so much movie knowledge, he's basically like a walking IMDb with glasses. From the Nashville Podcast Network, this is Movie Mike's Movie Podcast. Rolling Stone recently put together a list of the 50 worst decisions in movie history. A lot of these are just business decisions, so we're not going to get into actual plot points of movies. These are decisions that either cost studios a bunch of money or left us all scratching our heads wondering why exactly these calls were made when making these movies. I'm not going to go through all 50. I picked the ones that I thought were the most interesting to share with you. So let's kick this off right now. On their list at number 49 was Will Smith turns down The Matrix and Django Unchained. The worst part was he passed on The Matrix in order to make Wild Wild West. Which, of course, in hindsight, everything is 2020. Will Smith has spoken a lot about why he turned down The Matrix. And at the time, he said he just didn't understand it. Which, when I look back on both of those, I think him turning down The Matrix is actually less of a worse decision than him turning down Django Unchained because of where he was in his career at the time. 90s going into the 2000s, he was still a very bankable Hollywood star. But if you fast forward to the time Django Unchained came out in the 2010s, 
I feel like that was the time he should have taken that movie. And the fact that he turned it down probably led him to making a lot of those bombs that he came out with. So surprising to me that he would turn down an opportunity to work with Quentin Tarantino. But I also really couldn't see him doing that role justice the way that Jamie Foxx did. So I'm glad he turned that down. But crazy to me that he was offered both of those roles and said, nah, I'm good. At number 46 on their list, they have making a Catwoman movie without Michelle Pfeiffer. As a kid watching this movie, I did not understand what was happening with my body as I saw Michelle Pfeiffer as Catwoman. And to me, she is the one and only Catwoman. And that role has never been done justice the way she did it. Not with Halle Berry, which that entire casting and entire filmmaking process on that movie was completely awful. But even looking to Anne Hathaway or Zoe Kravitz, no one has brought life to the character like Michelle Pfeiffer did. So if they would have made that movie with her, it would have been a much better movie. The only person I could see doing justice to the Catwoman role now, and maybe it's because she did Harley Quinn so well and plays that devilish villain, but kind of sweet role so perfectly would be Margot Robbie. And who knows, maybe now with all that James Gunn is switching up in the DCEU, maybe something like that could happen. At number 45, they have Disney. When they stop making animated movies after the death of Walt and Roy Disney, which I have to say, I wasn't completely familiar with this, but apparently after Walt Disney died in 1966 and his brother Roy died five years after that, Disney decided that animated movies were relics and a thing of the past, so they stopped making them and shifted to making a lot of live action movies. So at this time, Disney completely lost their identity because they were banking on the future and they thought it was gonna be putting actors on the screen and staying away from making animated movies. And it wasn't until 1989 with The Little Mermaid that they finally started pouring their resources back into animation. And then you get the entire Disney renaissance in the 90s with The Beauty of the Beast, Aladdin, The Lion King, and just realizing like this is where we need to put all our money because this is what we are the best at. But I wasn't aware that that correlated with the time that Disney and his brother Roy died. Ironic now that they don't really make live action Disney movies unless they're either associated with a ride at Disney World or Disneyland or they're a remake of an animated movie. At number 39 on the list, they have Making the Hobbit into three movies mainly because the source material really only had enough for two movies. Really should have been one movie, but I think this was largely due to the success of the Lord of the Rings trilogy being one of the most profitable and also one of the most awarded trilogies of all time. You think, hey, we have a chance to have a similar property do the exact same thing. Let's split this thing up into three movies. And what you ended up getting was a bunch of people being pretty disappointed in the entire thing. Given the fact that people love that book, I feel like growing up, that was more renowned than anything in the Lord of the Rings book series. Everybody loved The Hobbit, did not like the movies. At number 37 was whenever half of Hollywood teamed up to make the disastrous movie 43. If you're not familiar with this movie, it is a bunch of random comedic scenes, and I'm putting comedic into quotations because if you watch this movie without an open mind, you think that it's pretty terrible. And I'm saying that because I actually have a soft place in my heart for this movie because I know it's not good. I know it's stupid. I know it's ridiculous. I know on paper it is a bomb, 
But I remember at the time this movie came out, I found myself really enjoying it. So you have to be into really, really dumb comedy. And by no means do I recommend this movie. I would argue that me enjoying this movie is the equivalent to me enjoying the taste of rat poison. Maybe I just like the taste of rat poison, but I'm not going to encourage you to eat rat poison. So don't go watch this movie and then blame me for saying, what a terrible movie. I find it funny. I find some of the scenes actually charming. And there are some quotes from this movie I still say to this day. So I get that it's an awful movie and a blemish in the history of Hollywood. But I don't think it's a completely bad worst decision. So just because I have a percentage of bias in my opinion on this, I could see why putting all of these resources and all of these actors into one movie and getting this product and it coming out so terrible being seen as a bad decision. But I'm choosing to ignore that because I kind of like it. At number 29, they have Howard the Duck, which was technically the first ever Marvel movie that came out in 1986. George Lucas was a producer on this movie. They had made some smaller scale Marvel movies before this that were made for TV Movies with Captain America, the Fantastic Four. You had a couple made-for-TV Spider-Man movies. But this was the first big theatrical release for Marvel and almost single-handedly destroyed another Marvel movie ever being made. I don't think now that Howard the Duck will ever get his own movie. He does have some random cameos in the Guardians of the Galaxy movie. So I think aside from being an Easter egg now in the MCU... We don't really want or need a Howard the Duck movie. Willie Nelson, Waylon Jennings, Chris Christopherson. How did the biggest names in outlaw country start a musical revolution? Through one woman's vision from one tiny living room. Don't miss Mandy Moore as Sue Brewer in the new scripted audible original, The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer and the Birth of Outlaw Country Music. Discover the true untold story of the extraordinary woman behind the outlaw country music movement and its biggest stars. Brewer shaped the sound and soul of country music as we know it today, despite never picking up an instrument herself. Lovingly dubbed as the Boar's Nest, Sue's place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter the boar's nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The boar's nest. Sue Brewer and the birth of outlaw country music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. All right, if you want to look cute and feel comfortable at the same time when you're, you know, at a festival or a concert because it's festival and concert season right now, it's got to be all about the boots. And Tacova's Boots is where it's at. That is your stop before attending your next concert. I've loved my Tacovas anytime I wear them or I get a new pair. They feel comfortable on the first wear. I don't have to break them in. Tacovas has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. And all Tacovas boots are made by hand 
in a time-honored tradition, which is super cool. They've got timeless styles that are always on trend. And really, you just got to stop by your local Tacova store, try them on for yourself, and see what I'm talking about. You can have a complimentary drink while you're there, shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized, which I love. And they've got regular live music and events. There's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it to a store, just visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S and find your new favorite pair of boots today. We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and you can't get a hold of anyone. With 24-7, U.S.-based, live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person. Anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Hobby. This week, I have Nicole Gallion on the podcast. She goes from Firstborn, her first album, to Second Wife, her newest album she just released, and she is writing her life even if it goes against the grain. Nicole is a hit songwriter. She has a long-running list of number ones. She's written for artists like Keith Urban, Miranda Lambert, Carrie Underwood, Dirk Bentley, and so many others. In this episode, we talk about her brand new EP, Second Wife, that she co-wrote with her husband, hit songwriter, Rodney Clausen. She shares how she found her confidence to be great, how her narrative has shifted over the years being married to another hit songwriter, and the power of authentically and unapologetically following your soul. You're going to love this episode. Tune in now to hear Nicole Gallion. Nothing is perfect on paper. You know, it's like when you get to those places where you have the decision in your heart to take the jump and it's what you're supposed to do. And no, it always feels like everyone else thinks it's not the right thing to do. Because when you take these big risks, most people are scared of really big risks. They're always thinking of the things that can go wrong because of course a million things can go wrong, but also a million things can go wrong when it looks perfect on paper too. So it's like yeah. at the end of the day, it all comes back to you and like trusting mm-hmm. yourself, which I feel and now seeing your life play out over these years, you are someone who has just always known your North star. Like, I don't know how you've had that kind of confidence. Like you have known what is right for you and you have done what is right for you, especially like as a woman, like you have put yourself out there in big ways, mm-hmm. always like you're not scared to do what you want to do. How have you known? <laughs> how have you known what you wanted to do so clearly? Oh, goodness. No, I what think guy a lot you? of things. I think a lot of, th- I think I have a really strong relationship with myself. Um, Did that stem from your upbringing? Yeah, I think so. I think I've always like when I was a kid, I was I wasn't super loud. I was like more of like a quiet leader, just like in the corner doing my work, 
figuring out what I just quietly like wanted what I wanted to do and I think that that's something that I think you learn it at a young age like nobody told me to play piano no one told me to move to Nashville no one told me to start a record but you know it's like all those things were just like actually Seth England did tell me to start a record label um but most of the the things that I like the biggest most important things in my life like came from right here and you know Um, how to listen and follow that though like that's the big difference is like you feel it and you know how to listen and follow it yeah I think it's just staying connected to yourself and for me like on a spiritual level the more I'm connected to myself the more I'm connected to the creative swirl that is happening um, above us within us um, higher power God you know all of that to me is like is if if I can stay connected to me then I'm tapping into all of that too so it's not that I'm taking credit for knowing what any of this stuff is it's more just like tapping into something bigger than me honestly that's guiding me Um, and that's I think what gives me the confidence to just put myself out there Um, and I'd be lying if I said that sometimes I don't feel vulnerable like of like maybe what other people might think about it but I when you assess the risk of well, do I want to never know what it feels like to try this? Or do I maybe want to put myself out there and have some people have opinions about it? Like this, it's, I'd always rather just like put myself out there. Um, because ultimately just I just confidence. want confidence. You just have confidence. So you've always had or it. Or I'm, or I'm crazy. <laughs> maybe I'm just crazy. I don't know. <laughs> But even starting back in the beginning, I mean, I remember when like you and Ray Lynn, y'all were both on The Voice together. Like you made it to the finals <laughs> and we we're like singing on The Voice. I mean, you were putting yourself out there. You've you've just gone for it forever. Well, I think like being scared is just the beginning, you know, mm. like being brave, like being brave is the next thing. It's not, you don't get stuck and scared. You like, you pass through it. And you, some, you know, you, something makes you scared because it's kind of like a nerve, you hit a nerve and you're like, Ooh, is that something like hitting your hand on the stove on a hot stove? It's like, it's a nerve. It's like, Ooh, is that hot? Because I need to go toward that. Or is that hot? Because it might burn me. And I think when I get scared of something, it just makes me pay it's more attention to it and go, Ooh, is that something I should be drawn toward? Because why do I even have a response to it? Like, I'm very indifferent about the things that I shouldn't be doing, you know. Um, most but when of the you have a big I... feeling about something, that's a big sign for you. Yeah, I also just like, I just love making things. I'm a builder. I think I love making things. And um, whether it's like making a moment, like have, making a party for my kids or making merch or making a record or making a brand or a company or I don't know I just making a list (laughs) good at that too I just like making things I'm a creative and I think if you're creative you you create and it's not that complicated it doesn't and it always doesn't have to fit within an industry's box you know I think that's where sometimes people's eyes cross when they like see that I'm like doing another project they're like but what if it and I'm like but why not like it's, it's so fun to me. And that was this week's Sunday Sampler. 
New episodes out weekly. All these shows, The Bobby Cast, Four Things with Amy Brown, Sore Losers, Movie Mike's Movie Podcast, Get Real with Caroline Hobby. So many. Hope you have a great week. We will see you next week. Bye, everybody. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Roger that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This is the year to stop overpaying for your family plan. So choose a straight talk wireless family plan. Unlimited data, talk, and text on a reliable 5G network. And you can get a new line starting at $25 per line per month for four lines. Plus taxes and fees and no contracts. That's good decision making. Available at Walmart and on straighttalk.com. Family plan discount with four lines, all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount. In times of traffic, your data may be temporarily slower than other traffic. Video streams at up to 480p.